Hello and welcome again to the famous CFC podcast where each episode offers a deep dive into the wonderful history of Chelsea Football Club. My name is Gary Barone and I'm joined as ever by club historian Rick Glanville. Hi Rick. Hello Gary, how are you doing? Not too bad at all. And I tell you what, this is the dream time of pre-season, but the good news is going to be all over soon <laughs> and it'll be time for the big kickoff, the opening match of Chelsea's 32nd Premier League season. That's incredible, 32nd. Mm-hmm. And our 89th in the top flight and overall the 108th campaign in our history. And in this episode, we're going to cover all the power and glory of our greatest opening games, the wonder goals, the daddy hat-tricks, the opponents we love to beat more than most, and our record margins of victory, home and away, top flight at any level. There's always so much anticipation taken into these games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's a blank page, isn't it? The first chapter yet to be inked with an unknown ending that we might love or we might actually hate. Yeah, like last season. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I remember that season where we started off uh, by beating Manchester United. And there was so much anticipation because Mourinho had taken over. 2004, we thought, yeah. We thought it might be better spending of Roman's money that we seemed to um, not get so much out of the previous season. But we had a feeling that we had the wrong manager. And then when Mourinho came, we were all completely convinced we'd got the right the right person in charge. And we started off by beating one of the Giants' Man United 1-0. For me, that was a fantastic start to the season. Well, it starts as you mean to go on, isn't it? That's the point about the opening weekend. And it doesn't always work out like that. I mean, I have an opening game of the season to thank for being a Chelsea fan because my older brother, Gary, went to West Ham versus Chelsea in 1966. They were the World Cup winners, of of course. Weren't just? Uh, three players, three West Ham players walk out to the centre, wave to all the crowd. My granddad, my mum's uh, dad, had taken my older brother thinking, I'm going to convert him to a West Ham fan. And um, Chelsea won 2-1, thanks largely to Charlie Cook. And uh, my brother came home and told us, we're Chelsea fans. So opening day, I love it. Let's think about it, though. 83-84 when we're back in the top flight, 5-0. Fantastic. The year before the 2004 game, 2003, uh, when the statement of intent going to Liverpool and winning 2-1 and Varon scored uh, the first goal of, of that era. But, you know, it's all that prom- it's that mixture of promise, of uh, the unknown, the sort of... I always think it's like, it feels like springtime. Everything is fresh and ready to be discovered and uh, procreating, I suppose, as well. And like the great Ray Wilkins once said to me, the best smell in the world is freshly mown grass because it means the big kickoff football is back. Stunning strike on his Premiership debut. Going for goal and finding it. What a goal. On the opening day of the season, we have seen a contender for goal of the season. Well, to start with some recent form, it feels to me like we fared pretty well in these opening encounters over the past few decades. Is that right? Well, as ever, Gaza, your feelers are spot on. Uh Your antennae correctly twitching because there have been 31 opening games since the Premier League 
came about in 1992 and Chelsea won 20 of them. You think about that, almost two thirds, two in three. Mm. Uh, and we've gained 66 points from these opening fixtures. And that is the best record of any top flight club. It's two ahead of Man United, three more than Liverpool and a remarkable nine better than our local rivals Arsenal. And if anyone is wondering, Man City are way behind on that scale. They've only got 48 because they haven't been ever present like the other clubs have in the Premier League. Of course. Easy to forget now, isn't it? It is, totally. We've also won each of the past three opening fixtures on the opening day in a row. Mm. 22, we beat Everton 1-0 thanks to a Jorginho penalty. Common theme, that. And that was won by Ben Chilwell. A year earlier, 2021, it was a comfortable 3-0 at Palace. Remember Trevor Chalabar? Against Palace, sorry, at home. Remember Trevor Chalabar's sidewinder? That was a super goal. That was a super goal. Fantastic. How pleased were we all for him? And back in 2020, we won 3-1 at Brighton and Georgie netted a penalty yet again in that game. Yeah, and I'm still trying to get over that ridiculous 4-0 defeat at to Man United at Old Trafford in 2019, which was the defeat before that run of three. It's good, correct. Talk yeah. about a scoreline not reflecting overall play. Four and ridiculous. Total travesty. So now I've dragged everyone down. I feel we need to raise the morale again. So <laughs> would you mind getting in your Chelsea time machine again and taking us back to the Blues' most glorious beginnings, our greatest ever opening days? At my absolute pleasure, Gary. So let's whiz back to, why not? Stamford Bridge on the first day of September 1906 when the visitors were Glossop North End. They're a Derbyshire club. Not many people think about them these days. Uh, they apply their trade in Division One West of the Northern Premier League. That's the eighth level for people that don't know of English football, the English football pyramid. But 117 years ago, like Chelsea, they were on level two, Division Two of the Football League. Um, during that summer, the previous summer, the pensioners, as was our nickname back then, had made one of the best signings in our history, striker George Hillsden. Yep, the legendary Gatling Gun Jules, the man on the weather vane at the bridge. Who can forget? <laughs> the very same. And he earned that sobriquet, uh, Gatling Gun, because he could shoot fast and accurate like a combat rifle with both feet. He'd already decimated uh, defences on a grand tour of European countries that we'd undertaken along the River Danube and scored almost all of our goals over the 10 matches that we played on that summer tour. So again, we've we talked about this theme, a good build-up, building confidence, setting the tone, and then going into that first proper official fixture of the season, absolutely on fire. The The thing is, the, what happened was that uh, a few weeks before the big kickoff, Athletic News, which was like the big sports read at the time, they doubted that those friendlies were a genuine sort of reflection of what Chelsea could do once they came up against the might of Division 2 in England. Uh, they thought that this flash in the pan, uh, George Hilsden, he was still an unknown quantity. And, um, well, how quickly they were forced to eat those words because we ended up thrashing Glossop in that opening game by an amazing nine goals to two. That's our best opening at any level of the league. Oh. And, um, <laughs> I mean, nine two, absolutely remarkable. That's our second season too. And Gatling Gun, George, accounted for five of those. 
which is still the greatest individual performance by a Chelsea player to this day on the opening fixture of the season. By the way, any idea who the last player to score five for the Blues was? I was thinking um, the person that comes to mind, obviously, is Jimmy Greaves, but did Dixon get five at Walsall once or something like that? It's Jukebox Jury in 89. It was Gordon Jury. Yeah. Was that a Walsall? Uh, yeah, I think it may have been. That was probably where you're getting, you're thinking yeah. about it, but it was five, yeah. Well, whenever you hear four or five, you always think Jimmy Greaves, don't you? That's the daddy hat trick. Yeah. It's like if you're a cricketer and you get a century and then you go on to make 180 or 160 or something like that, that's what you want to do. That's the four, the yeah. five goal, isn't it? But the thing about it is quite interesting because that game back in 1906 was played. There's this another feature of the opening fixture of the season. Now, look, people laugh about the climate in, in England. If you don't like the weather, wait 20 minutes and it will change. But on this day, occasionally you get like tropical sunshine on that first fixture of the season. Everyone's out there in shorts and short sleeves and everything like this. And uh, that was exactly the case in this game against Glossop and Chelsea skipper Davy Copeland who won the toss decided to put uh, the their goalkeeper staring into the sun and I think that he was obviously dazzled <laughs> because um, we were 6-2 up by half time and when a game the opening game of the season when it's 6-2 in your favour by half time you're in for a fantastic stress-free afternoon aren't you? Yeah, and, and you've got to love those all too, all too rare moments where the points are in the bag before the break. But I suppose for Glossop fans, half-time, their season was over. <laughs> yeah, you've had your day out now, half-home. Um, but on that thing about winning at, you know, at half-time, I always remember one a great Chelsea fan and member of the British Parliament, a sports minister, in fact, uh, Tony Banks, once saying to me that he said, Football is the only form of paid entertainment when as soon as you take the lead, you'd happily stop the action there and then and walk home. <laughs> you wouldn't do that after a, an aria that you liked at the opera, would you? It's a very fair comment. We'll be back with more Chelsea history after this short break. So after that, what was our next opening day landmark, Rick? A few years later, the uh, 3rd of September 1910, Hillsdon worked his magic again and we won 4-1 in... Derbyshire. Now, Glossop's in Derbyshire, but this time it was at Derby County, a much more famous club and uh, won the league and all these sorts of stuff and had famous players and managers. And George grabbed a brace in that, but he shared the spoils with his strike partner, Jimmy Windridge, another great early striker. 113 years later, that result remains our biggest away win on the opening day of the season. 113 years. 3-0. Sorry, 4-1. 3 0 is what we've managed a couple of times since. But 4 1 is still our best opening day performance uh, away in the league. And that was in Division 2. It wasn't even at elite level. It, it doesn't sound very high. That does seem quite low to me. I know. And really, the opening day hammerings that are probably in our mind's eye that we can recall have actually been delivered at the bridge. Um, but I will make a, an honourable mention of the first fresh start to the Football League after its suspension during World War I in 1919. Everton had been crowned champions in the last National Football League in 1915 and war intervened and the football uh, tournaments were made regional. 
So you only played your local teams. And it's, all of that became unofficial. Uh, so the first season back, so 1919-20, unfancied Chelsea went to reigning champions Everton at Goodison Park for the big co- kickoff and stunned the Toffees by winning 3-2. That was a sensational result, that. And a golden time for the club because I still stand by that our average home attendance of 42,860 that season means that we had we were the biggest club in the world at that time um rick i i've never doubted that that absolutely must be the case it was the biggest in this country in that year it must have been the biggest in the world Forty-two thousand eight hundred and sixty. that's the average home attendance incredible absolutely amazing now rick i see for the next stop You've got down a 4 0 home win against Swansea Town in Division Do in 1928. So, why pick that one out? Well, there's nothing particularly special about the scoreline. 4 0 is quite sort of humdrum for a home fixture at the start of the season. But it's the game where we became the first English club to trial numbers on the backs of shirts. And that was the idea of our chairman, Claude Kirby. He wanted to help spectators identify their favourite players. Uh, because before then, no one had anything on their on their shirts. We didn't even have a badge on our shirts. So you had to sort of ask the person next to you, who's that bloke with the dark hair? Oh, he's, I'm not sure whether it's him or him. He's got dark hair mm. as well. Um, sure. We take squad numbers for granted now, but this was a marvellous innovation back in 1928. Now, I'm looking forward to hearing about this next one, considering who our first opponents of the 2023-2024 season are. <laughs> I thought you might. Well, it's Liverpool, of course. And on the opening day, at the bridge in 1937, this happened. The great moment and the great crowds are here again. And it's doubtful whether even Mr Taylor can draw as many fans as Mr Sucker. Chelsea are at home to Liverpool at Stamford Bridge, and with 60,000 experts telling them how to do it, they knock up the highest score of the day. Six times they bang the ball into the net against the visitors' one. It's a shame that Pathé clip's so short, but so lovely to hear the crowd's reaction. I love that. I I could listen to it all day. Uh, (laughs) And let's hope for a repeat. Um, But the the commentator has that sort of tone of expectancy that I think we all love about the first games. Again, it's that he's trying to describe what might happen uh, and kind of extrapolating from what he's got in front of his eyes on that uh, opening day. So it's full of expectation and promise. And as we heard, it finished 6-1 to Chelsea, which isn't bad. Um, Now, that was our biggest winning start in the top flight at the time. So a new record in 1937. George Mills, a prolific striker, still always seemed to have to prove himself to managers. He had a hat trick. So his name is inscribed uh, alongside that, that record from 37. Um, and he was the first Chelsea player to hit a century of league goals for Chelsea, which he did only just a few weeks later. So that hat-trick helped him on his way. Um, and interestingly, getting overrun in Liverpool's midfield was none other than Matt Busby, Sir Matt Busby later, the iconic boss of Manchester United who won the European Cup for them. He was also a guest player for Chelsea during uh, World War II, just a couple of years later. Well, talking of World War Two, were we robbed of a record by the outbreak of war in September '39? Well, kind of, yes. It's sort of true. Three Division One fixtures had been played uh, before the Football League was suspended after the outbreak of war in early September 1937. 
so 39 sorry so and we'd beaten Brentford 5-1 at the bridge on the 19th of August that would have, that would be our biggest victory in a derby on the opening day but the scrapping of the season because of the war meant binning all of those results so they're all unofficial they're all sort of hanging out there in space doing nothing and we can just look at them and admire them but we can't claim them um but you really have to feel for our 21-year-old Welsh centre-forward, David James, who'd waited a year for his big chance since signing for 200 quid from non-league Mosley. And he hit a hat-trick in that match against the Bees. I mean, truly a, a dream debut. But of course, that contribution, with all the others in those three games, was swept off the record books, scrubbed. And the prime of his career was swept away by the war and he wasn't heard of again at Chelsea. Now, there are, of course, bigger tragedies than that during the war, but oh, imagine yeah. how many young people's prospects were suddenly ripped apart. It's really sad, isn't it? Totally. We'll be back with more Chelsea history after this short break. So should we get on to happier times? And in August 1949 at St Andrews, Chelsea bashed Birmingham 3-0 in Division 1. Now, Gary, you mentioned how low that 4-1 club record margin was but in the top flight would you believe this 3-0 is actually our best opening victory away from home 3-0 yeah we actually equaled it at Wolves in 1964 then at again at Huddersfield in 2018 uh, again another Jorginho penalty to thank for that that was Kepa's uh, first appearance yeah Georgie scored again on the opening day should we start regretting selling him to Arsenal <laughs> well, is it to do with Georgie or the fact that we often win penalties on the opening day? Uh, let's hope that happens again this time. In any case, let's zoom forward to 1983, a season ending in promotion from Division 2, but starting with a wonderful 5-0 drubbing of Derby at the bridge. That was a great one, wasn't it? And I remember Dixon Fantastic. got two. Fellow deputant Nigel Spackman weighed in with uh, with one as well. Yeah. And at the time, we're thinking, we found a goal-scoring midfielder in Spackers. <laughs> now, I like Spackers very much, but he wasn't a goal-scoring midfield player. So it just show how misleading some of these opening days can prove to be. It does. Or how they can foreshadow the, the sort of roller coaster ride to come. Remember when we beat Sunderland 4-0 at home in the Premier League on the 7th of August? Oh, yes. 1999. Ball forward. Chelsea really in the ascendancy now. This is Zola. Looks for Poyet! Oh my word! What a strike by the Uruguayan! Chelsea 4, Sunderland 0. Thomas Sorensen no chance whatsoever. It may well be the first of the season, but you might not see a better goal than this. A thunderous volley. Just a minute after the third has flashed past Sorensen. Here comes another. Zola with the skill and the technique and the vision to spot the run of Poyet. And just look at this. So in that one game, you not only had the genius of Franco Zola combining with Gus Poyet for one of the all-time great goals, but the struggles debutant Chris Sutton would have in his brief time at Chelsea were laid bare by two massive misses when he was put through on goal and the, everyone in the stands is despairing. It was a disaster class really, wasn't it, from Chris? And I was trying to think back to the various misses that he had in that game and other games. But the thing that, that I remind, I 
think of most of all is it's as though it wasn't just worn down by that number nine shirt. It was like a Harry Potter cloak of invisibility <laughs> because he just disappeared. His impact was so insignificant. I think the thing about the, it, it, you know, it must, he just can't, he'd been bought for a lot of money. Mm. It was a, you know, much heralded signing. It was the signing that was supposed, you know, having a great goal scorer coming in was supposed to propel us onto another level. And I think the nature of the misses as well, the fact that he was through clean on goal and one of them he got muddled up, the ball got stuck under his feet, another one he fell over. So it was the nature mm. of the of those that I think just set the tone. And sometimes that can happen in that opening game. It's difficult to come back from if mm. there's an element of, not humiliation, that's too harsh, but uh, an element of, my God, I've set a trend and will I ever come back from it? But he was in such a good team, though. You know, all those great players around him creating chances. He, he should have been able to get over that and go on to get a decent tally of goals that year. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about this as well, where you do lay down a marker. And that first domestic win of the Abramovich era in August 2003 at Anfield, where we beat Liverpool 2-1 and new signing Veron joined um, Jimmy Floyd on the on the score sheet. And we'd beaten them even more memorably at home on the last day of the previous season, of, of course. We did indeed. We did indeed. So it did feel like we, we kind of held them back uh, the previous season and we capitalised on that, on, on that almost... Um, psychological superiority to set us off in a, a, a really good direction uh, as the new season opened. And there's another one, that, another season opener that I absolutely adored. I was at Wigan mm-hmm. in 2005, where we'd stunk the place out, frankly, uh, as absolutely. defending champions. Yeah. They, they were the better team by far, weren't they? Yes. Uh, and then, well, then this happened. Now Pressburg. And if you remember, Wigan coach, that was Paul Jewell at the time, and they'd just been promoted and he was totally floored by that stunning Crespo goal. And he slumped forward, do you remember, quite quite <laughs> performatively, uh, like, oh my God, is this what I can expect in the Premier League? And if you remember, even Jose Mourinho went over and consoled him, almost apologised. Well, they're great memories, and we still haven't covered our biggest ever open day win in the top flight. Well, here we go. 14th of August, 2010, the start of our title defence at home to Roberto Di Matteo's West Brom. Another chance here for Chelsea, and it's a screamer. Didier Drogba, hat-trick. And Nelka. Talk about icing on the cake. Here's Maluda and Brent Carson. West Brom champion and feel the force of Chelsea. Six in the 90th minute. And that remains our biggest ever top flight start. 6-0. 
that's our best ever. Um, three for Didier, two from Flomo, and a year later, that Baggies coach, whoever he was, was steering us to Champions League glory. What, that washed up Roberto Di Matteo? <laughs> <laughs> he got over that one, didn't he? he did. Anyway, I'd like to think one day we'll even improve on that 6-0 win. Who knows? Maybe against Liverpool? Because on the opening day, anything is possible. And if that hasn't whetted your appetite for the upcoming season, nothing will. You've been listening to the famous CFC with me, Gary Barone, and him, Rick Glanville. Now, if you like the show, please subscribe and spread the word. We'll be back soon with a whole load more tales from Chelsea's wonderful history. Come on, you blues.